Grace and peace be multiplied unto you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our blessed Lord and Savior, this night. Amen. As we have followed the passion of our Lord during Lent, last Wednesday our gospel reading left off with Pilate saying those words, What is truth? He missed how truth was not in snippets of knowledge that we all have been given and experienced in life know truth finally in who Jesus Christ is, the Word made flesh, God for us. Tonight, truth hangs on the cross with the facts of suffering and death for the sake of a sinful world. Jesus reconciles us to God the Father because he is both true God and true man. Truth turns us to Christ alone, for one is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Trying to piece together sinners is hopeless. But what God did by a single act of love paid the price for us all. The truth is, a year ago on Good Friday, church was empty. And a few helped to put the services online. The truth is, there were over 400 views of Good Friday service at Zion, which I would never have imagined. The truth is, now a year later, more are back to church. But online viewing has digressed greatly over the months. It's no doubt even so for Good Friday. This proves that being Christian is not a spectator sport to sit on the sidelines. Drawing near to Christ has always been the case because he has faithfully drawn near to his cross. The call for return during Lent lays it all before this crucified one tonight. Return to truth. Return to Jesus Christ, for he is Lord and Savior, giving his life and salvation for you. All that came before Pilate concerning a Jewish Messiah, all that was thrown in before his feet to have to judge and to fix, was already caught up in a process. Like the gears in a machine, everything was turning against Jesus. The Jewish council had an end for him, and it was going to be death. Pilate saw their devilish plan, but could not grasp the greater plan of God at work. Beneath the present injustice, was a promise, as you know, going back, way back to the origins of humanity. The Lord already made plans to deal with judgment held against us with one perfect triumph over sin and death. The devil would find his head crushed, our satanic foe of all power. But the cost would be the father having his son struck on his heel. 
This plan came at last like clockwork. That was to be the trial and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And so Pilate tried to play his game of politics. I mean, because that's what he was good at. Surely a roughed up Jesus beaten and, you know, bleeding and mocked would suffice. There was no guilt in him, but something had to be done better than death. Already caught up in the injustice of it all, he didn't even realize it. Pilate presents Jesus and truthfully tells him, Behold, the man, or what was left of him. He appeals to the crowd for some kind of humanitarian love and aid to stop the process. However, cries of crucify him were laid down for the truth became very evident, very quick. He has made himself the Son of God. Pilate's fear grew with that kind of a statement. And with a silent Jesus giving no answer, his sinful heart also became known. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? The boastful power of man had to be quieted by Christ. He had to speak against such arrogance of power in men's hands. You would have no authority over me at all unless I had been given to you from above. Pilate had no control. While Jesus was freely there by his choosing, his will, just as God planned. A lose-lose situation was before Pilate. And finally, with his back against the wall, he was either a friend of Caesar or of Jesus. Of course, even the chief priests who hated Roman law exchanged God's glory given to the line of David. They gave it up for a lie. We have no king but Caesar. Tonight, is more than surveying that scene of the crucifixion. It's to know the depths of our sinful nature. The emotional charge of crucify him comes upon our lips. Jesus summed up the law as love God and your neighbor. Yet there is no hiding in the crowd to quiet our sinful hearts against God's law. Isaiah made the truth known. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, because we do not love God nor men as much as any of us would like to think. Likewise, we must wield justice in life. We have to judge things and demand it, especially the good of life, and we know especially with government. And yet the cross of Christ strips away what none can manage so well except God for us as a perfect sacrifice. St. Paul explains the truth of Good Friday. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law 
by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. There's justice for you. Try to distance yourself by your way of justice or my way, but none escapes how truthful the cross is toward everyone's life. Luther remarks about Pilate in this way. Pilate shared their guilt, even though he confessed Christ's innocence. The justice of the world can do no better. Christ then was condemned not on account of his teaching, but as a rebel against the imperial majesty. And he who would follow the gospel must endure the charge of revolution. Caesar or Christ? That's the point. And so the cry of crucify him keeps us safe. However, the truth is God set us free. Since Jesus is to suffer and die, just as he said, behold, there is one who truly bears all sin to be the only Savior to see. He was wounded for transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and by his stripes we are healed. Behold, the justice of the cross has become the altar of God for sinful humanity. While we are caught in a current of sin and death and of satanic attack and control, another swims upstream to his cross, to his perfect sacrifice. He has the authority to lay it down, his life, and he has the authority to take it up again. The plan of God is to crush his one and only son. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. The beauty of the bleeding eyes of Jesus look upon a, a world drenched in his blood. And by his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Where he wins forgiveness, there must be life and salvation justified for you that arises out of a place of death with his life given on the cross. And so with our backs against the wall, Good Friday gives you Jesus. He is Savior and Lord who by his will delivers a righteousness that the world can never give. It doesn't belong to the world. It's what the world would never want. This gift of God is so that none can boast but in the cross of Jesus Christ. Caesar manages life. But the payment of redemption for sinners comes not by Caesar or any of our hands. This justice God has worked out as planned by the penalty against your sin and death placed on Christ. His holiness makes you holy, for we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, 
Let us hold fast to our confession. God's call is to return to Him, return to truth, trust in the one lifted up for the promise of eternal life and salvation are His to give. Amen. To the King of ages, immortal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever this night. Amen. We continue with Lamb of God.